languages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Well, here we are again. Welcome, Stu. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, you, Martin. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. This is what episode uh, three hundred and uh... seven. Oh, it's number seven, is number it? Seven. Okay, just feel, it just feels like a lot more. So, right before we get started, uh, Stu, uh, the, the rumor is that you're no longer bunking up with Alan Partridge in a travel lodge, and, and you're back in your house. Yep, been evicted from the travel lodge. Yeah, now back home, fully redecorated, myself and the kids, yeah. and my wife, and the house is done. Brilliant, pretty much. Well, well done. So, because um, we were all concerned. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. We've been following it with, with, with interest. Yeah. It's good to know that you're back. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the good news... Which of your neighbours, no doubt. Well, I mean, they're, they're very happy with me now because I've still got a small shipping container on the front. But that will be gone soon, so they'll be more than happy. But, Excellent. Um, Excellent. back in. Really pleased to hear that. Right, well, Stu, look, it, something slightly different today because if you, if you look over in the corner, you might see something slightly different and that's another human being. We've been joined by a guest... Sebastian Ryman from Libra Financial. Welcome, Seb. Oh, thank you, Martin. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm sure you are. You're glad to get invited anywhere, I would imagine, aren't you? <laughs> I, I was wondering how far down the list I was, but yeah, we're here at the I bo- am. We're at the bottom now. Well done. Um, so, look, we, we, we said this for a while, didn't we, uh, Stu, that we try, yeah. we try and get someone in, just make it a little bit more interesting, because, um, you know, two people talking about the same stuff all the time is, can be a little bit boring. So, I'm glad you joined us, Seb. So, look, why don't you just give us, like, a little bit of a potted history, maybe how you got into the industry, uh, you know, it's just a little backstory about you yourself maybe miss out the prison years but just tell us a little bit about how you know what you do day by day and you know what attracted you to the industry in the first place yeah sure i, I mean uh, much like most of us i think i fell in, in the industry um i i was young um uh, naive came out of university didn't know what was going on my wife was getting ready to get married to me uh, at that stage so i was in much of a daze um before i knew it i had my cmap qualification sitting in front of clients giving advice uh, i think like uh, many others uh, fell into it more, more what, than anything what, what year was that i mean did you, did you go to university did you i, I yeah. did yes so so it was just when the fsa came in so 2004 right decade and a half later i'm still here still still giving advice so yeah I, i'd like to give myself a pat on the back <laughs> <laughs> so what you, about your clients? <laughs> well, <laughs> so you were one of the guys who was actually attracted by the regulation and not put off, and you didn't go to Northern Cyprus. Well, it's true. Yes, I, I uh, I've always been pro uh, regulation. Um, it's it's been a good thing, and it probably saved us from the abyss uh, back <laughs> yeah. in two thousand nine. Um, judging by some of the other countries like the US and, and Ireland and Greece. So, so uh, I mean, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because from a regulatory point of view, I mean, I was in the industry in two thousand four, as I'm sure we used to. You don't look old enough, but yeah. I started 1995 yeah I thought so um, I'm, I'm glad to bring the, uh, the average, average age, age down, down yeah, along, yes, along yes, with yes. the IQ yeah um, <laughs> what, um, what what what's, what changes have you seen from a, a regulator because 2004 was the FSA hmm. uh, and here we are 2018 it's the FCA uh, so, what, have you seen a big change or a change in attitude? I, I, yes, I, I think the industry's cleaned up a lot. Uh, very similar to what we've seen in the second charge industry happening in the last couple of years. So, when I first joined, um, there were still, uh, shall we say, a lot of rogue uh, brokers and individuals who, who probably didn't 
put the client outcome uh, at the forefront mm. of the of the process. Um, so so the the industry as a whole is is very professional these days, very much how it should be, mm. um, which wasn't always. Uh, that way uh, and certainly shifted a lot and uh, the uh, crash in uh, 08, 09 uh, accelerated that process quite a bit as well so so we are certainly in a much better place now than we were back then. So, tell me about that, that the crash I mean because we are from memory I think you said you were quite heavy in the buy-to-let sector and, and that was the first thing that fell off the cliff and I'm always interested in people's stories because my argument and I've had this conversation with Stu many times is that if you're a broker in 2018 and you're a broker in 2008, you're probably doing something right. You're probably ethically minded, putting that client outcome at the forefront of everything that you do, giving advice and not doing sales. So you, you, you sort of managed your way through that recession. It says obviously a lot about your character, but I mean, what was that like? Well, I, I started with an estate agent initially. So um, I've, I've gone full circle, um, then going into the city and being more specialised, like, like you said, and coming back out the other end and... and I remember the days when when the crash really hit and the client yeah. bank disappeared. So it was all about back to basics, trying to find the clients, and that's where a lot of brokers struggled at the time, um, being able to go out and find business when there wasn't a lot around. Um, very different to what it is now, where we're trying to manage the inquiries coming in, where it's so busy that you know it's it's really about managing your time yeah. more than. Whoops. Correct, because I mean back back then that you you know you had the headwinds of probably thirty thousand brokers looking for yeah. a client. You you were def you definitely had dual pricing with the lenders, mm-hmm. and you're up against the director market uh, along with a lot of apathy from the buyer in terms of not moving. Mm-hmm. So, you know it was a it was a difficult time to to do. This but you job. also had loan to value restrictions heavily as well, didn't you? Interest only the, fell that, off a cliff. Yeah, um, at one point. I mean, when I started in two thousand and nine, at that point, it was a case of. Um, Simply at that point, they trying to get anything over seventy five percent loan to value was near on. It was needle and haystack job. Yeah, and and the uh, markets crashed quite a lot. You know, you, mm. you had that even in London, prices went down thirty, forty percent mm. in some areas. So. At the same time as restrictions from lenders being very mm-hmm. tough, the the fact that a lot of people were in negative equity as well, which doesn't matter so much when they're living in their home and they're able to afford the mortgage, but in terms of moving or, or new transactions, mm-hmm. it was certainly limiting. But as 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 we know, London recovered very quickly and very well, mm-hmm. um, which brought forward the the extra regulations with MMR and affordability rules, which, again, were a positive step yeah. Um, yeah, for the market as do, well. Do you think, like, with the um, the reduction in advisor numbers over the years, whether that's been in relation to, like you said, about the same struggles about going back to basics on, in, on getting new clients, do you think it was a case of, I've always kind of thought about prior to the crash, it was all about there was so much business out there that people forgot how to generate their own work to a certain extent from a broker you mean from a broker's, from a broker's perspective, perspective definitely in terms of i mean that I, i'm you know i i entered the industry even before we used to and it, back then you had to be what was termed to be a hunter you had to find business and whereas now i think we've kind of evolved into we've got to be careful that we become farmers and this is my argument mm. about product transfers that mm-hmm. i had this conversation with someone recently that any business doesn't matter what sector you're in you're going to need to have to find new business all the time because you cannot rely on a hardcore of clients always mm-hmm. being there for, for, for the duration 
No, I think you're you're spot on. It's uh, and that's where a lot of brokers did struggle um, when when the landscape changed so drastically to to from one moment having lots of inquiries and, and lenders fighting over the business to then having to try and go out and mm. place the business and finding the suitable lender for each individual client. Um, it's, it's a lot harder of a proposition actually having to advise the clients rather mm-hmm. than acting more like an administrator on behalf of the lender. Yeah. Um, I think as well, it sort of refreshed the whole advice market, didn't it? Because I can remember a lot of IFA firms, I mean, that's where I was employed before the crash, just got rid of all of their mortgage advisors across the board. And then suddenly the time point was always thinking, right, okay, two or three years down the line when the market does start to creep back upwards again, it's going to be a situation where those IFA firms are going to need somebody to do the work for them. And I think that's where it gave like the renaissance of a mortgage broker began was when suddenly those IFA clients no longer had their own in-house advisor that they could put their clients in contact with, which then gave us a market to work from in that respect. There was that gap, I guess. Definitely. And um, during that period, I think there's a, a lot of underinvestment in uh, young, new advisors mm-hmm. coming to the market as well, which we're now feeling where, where there isn't enough advisors to, to go around and, yeah. and service all clients or uh, individuals. Um, and that gap will take time to, to bridge as well, mm-hmm. um, putting the investment in uh, at the bottom end to, to get the result later on does take a little time. Now, Seb, you're quite, you're quite vocal on, um, on Twitter. Am I? Apparently. Um, uh, in fact, that's where we met. It, it was it? indeed, yes. So, and, uh, you know, you're always on there. And, I, you know, I admire anyone that's, that, that goes out and, and, and states a, a, an opinion quite sort of forcibly and uh, intelligently. Um, I mean, what, what gripes have you got in the industry at the moment? What, what is, what's rankling, you know, with you? And, and what, what change would you like to see? Is there anything that, you know, how can we improve the industry for the broker and ultimately the client? Yeah, I, I, Transparency. Mm. Is, is the big one, whether it be product tr- distribution or commission rates mm-hmm. or how, how the, the uh, industry works as a whole, um, there seems to still be a lot of smoke and mirrors, people hiding behind uh, very uh, weak arguments of, of where money goes. Um, uh, the amount I get paid has always been um, something I take to heart because I mm. work very hard for it. Um, so the advice isn't geared towards any particular lenders who pay certain amounts. However, um, currently I am being taxed by um, mortgage clubs and I receive nothing back for it. So rather than paying 40% or so uh, income tax, I'm paying more like 50%. And the 40% is accounted for because it goes to services, schools, Mm -hmm. police. um, Yeah, it's that that return on investment, isn't it? And that's that's where I think... um, as brokers, there's a strong argument to work together on that. And, um, you know, if the brokers went on strike tomorrow, the market would fail. And if the lender went on strike tomorrow, the market would fail. So we need to work closer with lenders, mm-hmm. I think, because, Definitely. you know, I think I don't know what the split is and I hear many different figures, but I think it's around about 80 20. It's intermediated business nowadays. Um, uh, so we are the market and we're responsible for something that's worth £250 billion. So I think we, sh- we deserve the right to have a say about where the, what direction the industry is going in. Definitely. I, th- I think overall it's going to be one of those things where the. Um let's call it the status quo, has got to be challenged on an ongoing basis. There is no quick fix to anything, as we know, but there's also a lot of work that needs to be done constantly in order to keep the, kind of the broker relationship to the forefront of negotiations, really, to be honest. Um, because 
I think certainly in the last few years, it's been one of those scenarios where kind of the the actual the, the level of work the brokers are putting in obviously has escalated, and in a lot of cases, you're seeing lenders still paying out the same level of proc fees that they were in 2007, 2008. Did you do and a tweet on that recently, actually, Seb? Didn't you I, work I, out I, I, I in did real a quick terms? calculation yeah. on the back of a cigarette box, even yeah. though I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, no, the, the um, real income for mortgage brokers has uh, inflation adjusted significant, significantly reduced over that last 10-year mm-hmm. year period. Um, I think the... the one thing that has worked in our favour is house prices um, mm. and uh, average loan sizes on the back of that increasing. Mm-hmm. But that's not something which is going to continue happening, certainly not with the way things are uh, uh, with well, the current government. We've also had an increase in regulatory costs, PI costs, yeah. you know, um, on office, office costs, staff costs. Everything's gone up in, 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 in expense, uh, and yet our income is probably shrinking in in. In real terms, it, it, exactly right. I think the uh, for for each uh, individual case, the amount of effort and and time that has to be put on has increased massively in in the last ten twelve years. Um, but the income hasn't changed. If anything, it's gone down. Um, so it's 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 a hard pill to swallow. Uh, certainly, something which which needs to be addressed, and some lenders um, have addressed it to an extent. Mm. Um, There's work to be done there, though, isn't there? Correct. Yes. So we're certainly nowhere near where where we should be. So, Seb, you're you're a directly authorised broker. Um, uh, what what is it that you do that adds value to to your clients? Are you doing anything different? Is there thing that we can learn from you? Be surprised, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, giving advice, probably much the same as yeah. yourself, you know, taking the time. And, and I always felt the biggest part of the job is listening to the client. Okay, So, so trying to figure out what, what suits them best, mm. um, helping them make a choice and, and making sure that choice is an informed choice. Um, one, one thing which the robo advice proposition concerns me is that clients often think they know what they want but mm-hmm. when presented with all the facts that's often very different to what they initially came in for um, the, the idea of a 10-year fixed rate is, is great but when looking through the, the figures in in most cases um, it's probably not the best thing to do hmm. um, but there is a f- and, uh, only a human being can have that three-dimensional conversation yeah. I think yeah. um, and and give those anecdotal examples of why that might not be such a good idea and also think you know left field about well if you do that what what is the unintended consequence correct and asking those probing questions to the client mm-hmm. something which you wouldn't find on a standard fact find or or you know written down which on a, on a mortgage application form um, but I also see myself giving a lot of um, information and advice around the, the mortgage um, so, so looking at properties and, and uh, surveys so it's not always just the mortgage that clients are concerned with mm-hmm. brilliant well said, unlike your clients we've really enjoyed talking to you today um, thank you thank you very much for coming in and sharing your opinions and your thoughts thank with you for us. having me pleasure Steve you got any final points to make um, I totally agree with what Seb said and obviously what you've said as well Martin of course um, yeah I think overall with it, I think the, the biggest thing is that obviously appreciating that the market itself is constantly in flux things never stay the same um, and it's really just keeping on, on your toes to keep pushing forwards really yeah, so absolutely. appreciate you coming in Seb well That's good great. luck with the rest thank of the year Seb I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again keep vocal on uh, Twitter keep supporting your fellow broker and keep giving good advice Corporate Seb before you go can you just leave us your Twitter handle as well for the listeners 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Service in 2012. Uh, come and follow me. Um, I, I, I'm sure to bring a bit of uh, entertainment to everyone's life uh, oh, with my opinions. One more question for you, guys. Who's going to win the Champions League? Um, Chelsea still in it. Get out. <laughs> right. Until next week. We'll see you soon. You can follow us on Twitter at the LM Experience. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party, and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it.